fear is part of why we think some people act out. We as Americans have solved some really complicated problems, right? I think, yes, guns are part of American culture, but so is innovation. So is this kind of unrealistic audacity to believe we can solve things and do things. We can't only talk about all or nothing. It's That's not a way forward. We are the masses. We have a voice. And I think hearing from all people who care about this, gun owners and non-gun owners, right? Republicans and Democrats, parents and non-parents. If we can get elected officials to realize that even within their own party, there is enough momentum on something, they will move. You know, it's not that we have to take everybody's guns away. And it's not that we cannot, you know, refuse to consider that somebody's mental state is, you know, could be a factor in this. It's, yeah, it's all of those things that need to be considered. It, you know, do we need to put more armed security in schools? Welcome to Loud and Clear, the podcast for those who give a shit about advertising. On this occasion, this episode has come together on the midst of yet another tragedy related to guns resulting in a mass shooting in Nashville on Monday this week. Yet again, here we are. Today, we have on one side Pedro Lerma, founder of Lerma Agency and activist in many fronts, including this one. In May of last year, after the Uvalde shooting, he made some statements on ad age that spoke about the action we can take as individuals and as ad agencies to help solve this problem. We as an ad agency were motivated to do something horrified by the Las Vegas massacre back in 2017, and we created StopGunViolence.info, which allows you to contact your representative and give him ideas on how to stop this. A digital bridge, if you will, to influence our leaders somehow. On the other side, we have the brilliant Sarah Allen. She is a principal of brand planning here at Lerma. She has a psychology background from the University of Texas. Maybe that is why she's so good at what she does and has been an advocate of doing something about this since she read last year's article of Pete on Adage. She cares and she has rallied agencies to take some action in the middle of leading accounts on brand planning like the Home Depot and Avocados from Mexico. But again, sadly, here we are. So let's start with the question. What is happening in this country and what can ad agencies do to sway the horrific behavior? I hate that we have to be here talking about this, but it's important. So yeah, thank you for putting it together. No, thank you for coming on a Friday on, on this tough week for everybody. So what's happening in this country? What's what you happening? Doing? You wanna start Pete? Uh, sure. Well, I, I think there's division, there's polarization. I think people feel marginalized. Um, you know, we talk about some of the things that seem to be motivations for, you know, these horrific events, whether that's, you know, r race issues, you know, white supremacy or whatever, whether it's religious um, division, 
whether it, you know, in this case, you know, there are a lot of people pointing to the fact that the shooter was transgender. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I, I tend to want to go back to those are maybe identities that people take on, but that the real motivation, I think, has to do with them feeling marginalized. And so, I mean, it's kind of weird to think that, you know, a, a white male in America could feel marginalized, but I think they've, they've heard a lot from uh, people, um, you know, trying to influence them that makes them feel like they are being marginalized, like they're under attack in some way. And um, unfortunately, you know, that, that I think that fear results in you know, really negative behavior. And, you know, at the most extreme, it's, you know, it's a kind of lashing out against that fear and uh, so I, I see that really as the the root of the it. common what I see the common cause of it yeah yeah I think fear is an important piece of the puzzle right fear is part of why we think some people act out we fear is also what drives a lot of the divisiveness um, we know that words and headlines that create negativity and fear get more clicks get more money, right? Which So it fuels a, a media system that pushes us towards more extreme views because that's what gets highlighted, right? We know also that fear is often a driver of gun purchases, right? A lot of the conversation around gun ownership is about self-defense and protection. So I think on all sides, fear has become an important motivator to creating the systems we have today that have created this very unique unfortunately, American problem, um, and frankly, is only con continuing to create more fear, right? Because now we're all afraid. We're afraid to send our kids to school and not get them home again. Um, we're afraid to go to work or to the grocery store because we don't know what'll happen. And so it's, um, we've got to find a way, in my opinion, to slow down the fear response enough that we can talk about practical solutions to the problem. So if we think of roles, I mean, I agree, like fear is leads people to do crazy stuff. Um, so you think if, if we try to define what would ad agencies do as they come together and as super influencers in this country, would you say that would be one of the check marks? How do we downplay certain topics that generate mass fear in, in the United States. Yeah, I think we have to recognize our role in shaping culture, right? As you said, advertisers and marketers are super influencers of our culture. And we have to recognize we've been part of building the American culture and the ideal of masculinity and the ideas of freedom and what that looks like. And guns are part of that story, for better or worse. And we need to think about how can we reshape what that looks like. Um, I think we also need to think about our use of shock tactics in communicating. What we've learned in our research over the last year is that often leads to overwhelmed paralysis, right? And not necessarily productive conversation. What advertising people are really good at is understanding humans, right? And I think one of the things we can do is get to the root of what do we understand about humans and share that with people in a way that humans can connect to. And hopefully that can get us past some of the kind of shocking 
and extreme dialogue to a place where we can talk about real solutions in the middle. So where are we failing? Because uh, this is not new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as I read, um, the Tower Shooter in the University of Texas back in the 70s. Then I know I went to UT as well mm-hmm. with you. Yep. Uh, I so remember cool. my first year, it was Columbine. Mm-hmm. Very shocking for me coming from Mexico City to see that. Yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, over 30, 40 years that we've had this problem. We have the best communicators in the world, I would, I would say. That's why I ended up staying in, in this country of just because of how well we are at communicating and, and not only on commercially, but uh, storytelling, Hollywood, what it, what it has been, right? Um, what, where are we failing in, in, in generating change? Yeah. Well, I tend to think about what we do, and I talked about it in the Ad Age article. We are in the business of persuading people. And as an agency, we have all collectively decided that our vision is to channel creativity for good. And, and a big part of what that means is that the work that we do, uh, we need to put through, the fil- through a filter that is we are not trying to manipulate people. We're trying to, yes, to persuade them. But that persuasion needs to deliver to them some value of uh, value, price and and, uh, quality, um, utility in their lives. Um, Or we talk, you know, we we need to, when they encounter our work, if we can put a smile on their face or or move them um, emotionally in in the right way, uh, that's that's what we should do, right? when I think about you know the, the headlines that Sarah just talked about and how they get more clicks and it's like to me that's that is a bottom feeder mentality on how to persuade people right mm-hmm. you can you know in po- politics you see it all the time you can convince somebody that somebody else is the reason for their situation whether they don't feel like they've made enough money in their life. Well, it's somebody else's fault, right? And mm-hmm. and it's easy to get them to buy into that idea. And it, again, that's just bottom feeding. And I think from a media perspective, we've gone the same route. I think as humans, yes, there's that shock. There's that um, fear that would drive us to click. But I think as, as media outlets, um, we need to find a way to persuade them to Take a higher road. There is a, you know, there's a higher path to delivering the information, the news um, that needs to be shared. I think as advertisers or, or as people in the advertising industry, we we have to do the same thing. And here, I think we've got to find a way to move people to action, mm-hmm. and uh, and that action can take many forms. We've talked about uh, political action, so reaching out to your elected officials and convincing them that there is middle ground on this issue. You know, it's not that we have to take everybody's guns away. And it's not that we cannot, you know, refuse to consider that somebody's mental state is, you know, could be a factor in this. It's yeah, it's all of those things that need to be considered. It, you know, do we need to put more armed security in schools? I said in the article, I don't care. I don't care what solution is applied as long as our children are made safe, as long as we don't have to put them through the trauma that they're being put through. And even if if there isn't a mass shooting at your kid's school, 
They are being traumatized mm -hmm. because they hear about them every day. They have to do drills. I saw in this Nashville shooting the body cam footage from uh, the police mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. And luckily there, there wasn't carnage there that they, I didn't see any. Still, you know, it's horrible. Students. Yeah. It was horrible. It was police officers who were clearly, you know, on, on high alert. There was stress in, in their voice as they were talking to one another, yelling, you know, mm -hmm. go here. I got this. You get that. Walking through walls that have the ABCs and kids' drawings. And yes, yeah. it was. It, it's awful, and um, and to imagine that any school in America could be where these officers are having to run through, you know, it, it heightened alert with assault rifles is is awful, and we should not stand for it. It shouldn't be the norm, and it is, and. Um, you know, one of the other things that's just sad to me is that we have become uh, desensitized to it. So, you know, every once in a while, we will pay attention to the most recent mass shooting. In this case, we're paying attention to it once again because it's elementary kids. Three nine-year-old children died in the worst way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it made us pay attention again. We need again. to... We need to yeah, again. We need to make it clear to our elected officials that this is something that has to be addressed. I saw a headline from a, a representative from Tennessee who said, we're not going to solve this. He said, criminals are going to be criminals. And I thought, well, then why have any laws in place for anything if mm -hmm. criminals are going to be criminals? It, it's a ludicrous response. There have to be solutions. And we have to make them accountable for those solutions. And so I, I think if we can find uh, the, the high road to getting people to pay attention to this issue and to act on this issue and to force our elected officials to find solutions in the middle, again, I don't, I don't need a solution from either extreme, the right or the left. I need a solution that's going to keep the kids safe and not just kids, but, you know, anybody out there that, um, is scared about this. It's right. a public safety issue. It's not just a school issue, but, you know, that's when we tend to pay the most attention. Yeah, I think one of the things that we as communicators can help with is this framing of this issue as a left and right. I think what we've learned is the majority of people want safety they want their kids to come home and they agree on some basic things that we can do to make the world a little safer, particularly our country and our schools a little bit safer. And, you know, it's very human for all of us to have our busy lives, go to work, go to school, soccer practice, make dinner, all of those things. And so it feels very overwhelming to also be engaged um, in a big way on issues we care about and all of the issues, right? It can feel like a lot. But I think one of the things we've given up by not being engaged, not taking the initiative to call our reps and whatnot, is that voice and providing to our representatives our opinion. And right now, our opinions actually do align <laughs> quite a bit, right. right? It's something like 90% of people agree that we can do universal background checks. Over 80% agree that we can do things like red flag laws, which is not the greatest term for it, but 
allow us to put processes in place to remove guns from a dangerous situation, right? Most of us agree on those things. We need to use our voices to talk about that so that those opinions, that majority gets heard and not the very extreme, we can't do nothing, take all guns away. Those, that's what gets heard right now. Again, because we've got a system that moves towards extreme, moves towards mm-hmm. clickbait. We've got to take the initiative to at least say something out loud, right? Yeah, I mean, I was hearing Pete talk and, and he was saying, you know, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever. And I, and I was hearing talk and I say, well, is, is, is that a lack of organization, a lack of agreement on what we could do? And then I hear you saying, and we, we all agree, right? We all agree on certain things. Mm-hmm. So what if, if we bring that back to how could we influence or how could we do our part mm-hmm. more than what we've done, which is building, yes, a digital bridge between your, uh, your, your place of living or, or, or your place of work to your representative. What else can we do to say, hey, if we all agree with this, why can we not just take the action or punish with the vote, which is not, it's clearly not happening. Because again, if we go back to, this is not a problem that just happened on Monday. Right. It's been something that's happened several elections. So I think some of what we have to address is the sense of, um, I guess, defeatism, right? A lot of people feel like, well, my voice doesn't matter. My one vote won't count. Depending on where they live, that feeling might be more extreme or not. Yeah. Um, But I think what we know is that that's not true. Right. And and back to what Pete was saying, we have we as Americans have solved some really complicated problems. Right. I think, yes, guns are part of American culture, but so is innovation. So is this kind of unrealistic audacity to believe we can solve things and do things. Why not apply that level of energy and that level of hope to a complicated problem like this? That is awesome. We can do it. Um, but we have to believe that we can do it. And that's what feels um, lacking right now in, in our fairly divisive narrative that's happening around us. And I think introducing again that idea that we can do it, we agree on more than we disagree on, let's put in the work to solve it. That to me is maybe a, could help us turn the tide and, and move more to our action versus just what feels like screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. I think another part that we have to figure out is people vote on a variety or on a variety of issues. Mm-hmm. So somebody might absolutely be willing to uh, accept gun regulation, but when it comes time to vote, they think to themselves, "Well, I don't want this to be a socialist country or I hate Joe Biden or whatever that is. And so they end up voting one way and and then that reinforces to you know those elected officials on that side of the aisle that so that specific issue is okay. Right. Yeah. Well and then you know that everything they stand for is is you know in the right place. Right. And that's unfortunate. It's um yeah, and I don't know how to separate that, or you know how to say, okay, I, I want to be fiscally conservative, or and I want to be, you know, socially conservative, but yes, I want to keep our kids from getting shot. Right now, there's no there's political no way to do that, mm-hmm. and um, I think we really have to find ways to separate the principle from the party, right? We've got to start talking about the individual issues. 
it's all nuanced and we have to be able to get into the details if we're going to solve a problem. We can't only talk about all or nothing. It's That's not a way forward. And so I think being able to separate, these are the principles that I hold as important to me and that I value and communicating those. So maybe you did elect somebody that you agree with on 90% of the things. It's okay to say, hey, you're doing a great job on those 90%, but we got this 10% over here yeah. that I'd like to talk to you about, you know? Yeah, and it's something that we've talked internally about, um, and I applied this term to it. I, I don't know if somebody else has used this term or not, but psychological calculus is a term that I used here, that if we can get elected officials to realize that even within their own party, there is enough momentum on something, they will move mm -hmm. because their priority is to be reelected. It is not, I, I don't know that any of them have really truly held convictions, personal convictions, as much as I'm going to act in a way that will get me reelected. And so if, if there's a way to get messages to those elected officials, you know, when I send the message to an elected official, my guess is, Somebody in their office looks up to see what political party I'm on. And then, you know, it might go in the trash if the elected officials on the other side of the, the party or of the, you know, the political spectrum. Um, but if if there were a way to say to these elected officials, these are people talking to you that are members of your own party mm -hmm. and they want you to behave differently than you've behaved before. I think that would make a big difference. That would change that psychological calculus that would make those elected officials do what the American people want. And we know the American people want to solve this problem. And they're willing to make compromises on both the right and the left in order to solve this problem. I wonder if there's been changes in, because certainly in Texas, I don't think there was a change, right? Uvalde, no. El Paso, no. uh, in, in, there was not a punishment vote in Ohio. I don't think there was a vote punishment. New Jersey, like, I wonder what it takes, right? If it doesn't take to see your kids dying, um, yes, we believe a letter or we believe punishing with a vote, but what, what is what is it? What, what will it take? And again, what can we do about it? I think, I think the votes will have to change for it to really, I think they're going to have to feel it politically before they're willing. I think what Pete's talking about, that they have to see where the masses are going. But that's, that's something we have control over, right? Mm -hmm. We are the masses. We have a voice. And I think hearing from all people who care about this, gun owners and non-gun owners, right? Republicans and Democrats, parents and non-parents. I think all of those people have to talk about we need to find a solution at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it continues to feel like a niche issue, Right. But there's a lot of gun owners who are like our voices have kind of been silenced. We care. You know, they want safety. That's part of why they own guns. Right. They but they they haven't really been heard. They sometimes get written off because they own a gun. And especially in, here in Texas, we're like, well, we're not going to talk to you because you're. But most of us own guns. Right. Most well, of us I've, have I've them. Hearing, and so it's like. And, and, and I've been hearing more than, more than ever um, gun owners willing to go to the middle, right? Absolutely. Willing to say, I don't need an AR-15. I Absolutely. just want my 
40 caliber and my, you know, my 30-30, right? Well, and even then, you know, some of them would say, well, I'd like to keep my AR-15, but I'm willing to accept a more rigid, uh, thorough background yeah. process. Even that's a win. And registering, yes. you know, right, so that we know that those weapons aren't in the hands of um, volatile people. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that people who own guns and are familiar with guns probably have some really innovative solutions on how to make those guns safer, mm -hmm. right? They probably have a good idea of what is practical about a licensing or a safety course, right? Most in a lot of families who have guns and they're teaching their kids about guns, their first conversation is about safety. Their first, they they're trying to impart onto their kids when they teach them about this stuff, that like, this is a big responsibility and you need to be safe. Almost every gun owner I know does that. Mm -hmm. And so they could even give us ideas, right? On how we might be able to solve this. And so relegating entire groups of people to outside of the conversation is not gonna get us to a mass, we need change movement. We have to, we, everybody has to be in it together for us to get to seeing votes change or seeing elected officials change their actions, right? I think we did see a little bit of that starting to happen. John Cornyn helped with the federal legislation that was passed after Uvalde. For some of us, it wasn't far enough. For others, it was too far. But what we saw was an elected official from Texas making it a priority because mm -hmm. he knew action. that those of us from Texas were highly affected, right? by that event. And so I think you can see a change, but it's gotta be, we can't silence part of our voices and still expect the majority to be heard. Mm -hmm. And do you know the specifics of what it was that he supported? Um, well, it was the new federal legislation that helped uh, reduce the amount of loopholes in our background check system, helped fund some programs for schools and communities around prevention. Um, and looked at some of our domestic violence loopholes because we know domestic violence is such a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to gun violence. Um, I don't know all of the details, but those are a few of the things that helped move us along in the conversation. And I think at this point, small steps are steps. We yep. can take small steps. Yeah, yeah. progress is progress. Um, so speaking of progress, the article of Adage came out in May, 20, May of last year, mm -hmm. 2022. I know we took action on trying to organize agencies and people from the industry. Can you talk a little bit of the success, the challenges? What are we doing and what are we lacking as an industry to get better at this and really make an impact and continue the conversation, not only on a week like this, but on a week when there's no shootings, hopefully, mm -hmm. or, or days that there's no shootings, because this, this needs to be an ongoing effort. Um, what, are, what are those challenges that you're seeing or, or what, what are you liking from that initiative? Um, what, what can we do, right, to, for, to organize better? Do you want to start or do you want to? Sure. Okay. And I, I think we need to be open uh, into yeah. what we're not liking because the goal of this is not to praise each other uh, as much as help each other become better. Yep. What we found out uh, in trying to tackle this is that it's really hard. We um, want, we started with wanting to f look for and promote 
solutions that were acceptable to the masses. So that meant we had to be in the middle. Uh, it wasn't that we were going to come out uh, completely against guns or that we were going to come out and say, well, it's a mental health issue because that's you know what sometimes gets pointed to. We wanted to find solutions in the middle, and that's hard because um, you know it, what happens on both sides, I think, is any one of those that we might think is an acceptable solution, they start to see as a slippery slope. And that's language that is used by lobbyists, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the gun lobby says, well, any uh, gun legislation is a slippery slope to them taking away your guns. And and so it, it just gets really hard. Um, we got lots of people who were interested, who committed to being a part of helping solve uh, a, you know, or, or create a solution to this um, challenge. Um, but we, I think we had a hard time finding what, you know, what is that that we Organizing. can say? How, how do we tackle that at a level where we're getting people to move to take action and reach out to their elected officials? Do we get people to take action at a local level? Um, is Do we create... A, another lobbying organization that counters, you know, what we think today is opposition to any movement on these issues. And put simply, do we create a lobbying uh, entity that essentially um, pulls the rug out from under the NRA? The NRA has essentially bought, you know, all kinds of politicians. Well, could we go to those same politicians and say, look, we will match or exceed the contribution you're getting from the NRA. So you're not losing any money, um, but we need you to vote on some of these sensible solutions. And again, it's it's a super complex issue. And um, and so we haven't made as much progress as we'd like to. But are some of those action items on the list on to-dos or? I think we... The, the problem from very practical um, side of things is picking the one thing, right? We know we have limited resources. We know we all have jobs <laughs> and that slows it down, right? Because this is kind of a passion project on the side and not always something that we can focus on. So we, we feel like we need to prioritize. So picking what's most important can be a little bit tough. I think what we have found in this is we should use our best strengths as a marketing and organization, uh, sorry, marketing and advertising experts mm -hmm. to do to to prioritize right there are lots of people as pete said who already do a wonderful job lobbying who have done a lot of research so we've talked about ways that we can increase their awareness of what they're working on giving them platforms we've talked about community programs and and helping to fund or pull resources towards community intervention programs and whatnot so i think um There's a lot of possibilities and it's about choosing one and kind of going after it. I think the one that we have gravitated towards is what we're talking about today, which is most of us agree, but most of what we hear about is the more extreme version. So how can we give people that encouragement to continue to do what they are capable of in their own lives to make themselves heard? Um, because that's how the change will happen. Has the AMA or, or any communication organization joined the effort in a way that can I help rally more the troops into one 
I message. think that what I've seen from those organizations has kind of come and gone, right? They have like moments where they put out statements and whatnot, but I don't haven't seen as many kind of sustained efforts there. I you do there are kind of new entities that are that are starting like start with us, which is all about how much we agree, and it's more of a communications platform for the ways in which we agree on this issue and others. Um, you have you have gun owner. Um, groups that are creating their own platforms to say, we actually, gun owners for gun safety, right? We agree that we want to make progress. And so I think we see new voices who are using media in interesting ways. I don't know. We haven't had a bunch of organizations at the kind of industry-wide level reach out. It's been more individual people or individual companies who have reached out and are helping us. Um, At this point, that's where we are. I will say that I'm really proud of the fact that we uh, involve people from both sides of this issue. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, I would say that we're listening to one another. I think that's important. That's unique of our group. I think so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of what we have talked about, you know, even the, you know, this idea of a slippery slope, that was something that was shared by somebody who is very much a, a gun enthusiast. And, uh, and we have valued his input and will continue to. Mm-hmm. And it was helpful to hear it and to hear what made it feel like a slippery slope and what concerns he had, right? Because some of us didn't know that and had a very different view of a different perspective on it. So I think sharing perspectives is really important, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's something that we're learning to do well um, and has helped us, I think, come to solutions and actions that we can all feel good about and feel reasonable Again, our instinct sometimes, especially as advertisers, is to go towards shock value, to go towards the most extreme because it sometimes feels the most persuasive, right? The And there has been beautiful work on this topic, right? Beautiful communications with the empty school buses and the graduating class that didn't actually graduate, right? Those are beautiful ads so we, just, we just posted an empty classroom yeah. right? on our social. But I think... For us learning when to use those types of persuasive messages and when to create that sense of empowerment instead of defeat Mm -hmm. is an important part of this. That's how we create the sustained effort that Mm -hmm. you're talking about, right? We need outlets for that anger and the despair, but we also need that encouragement to keep talking about it, to keep making it a priority. And I think that's where we're learning to find some balance. On our last episode, uh, we were interviewing Rihanna Johnson, who's the founder of Pledge for 13 on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And one question I asked her, and I feel like I need to do that here as well, is are these folks or group of people that do not want change, are they taking advantage of our fragmented efforts? In other way, you know, on our lack of organization, like I think there's a lot of movements happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm hearing is if we do not unite in those efforts and kind of align at least for a period of time, hypothetically, to see if that moves the needle, mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're going to keep winning. They're more organized than us, right? Yes. I think we see that in a lot of places on a lot of different issues. I think perfect 
that whole phrase perfect is the enemy of progress Mm -hmm. is very true in this kind of case. We look at what our final end goal is and prevent us from taking the small steps that will get us there. We want to go straight to the end. We want to go straight to everything is solved and perfect. And I think one of the most important things we could do is, okay, what's the first step we could all take together and go from there? Like, let's make some progress versus no progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would suggest or classify that there's a group of people who don't want progress on this issue. Right? And you know, the statistics show that, that yeah. most people want reasonable answers to this problem. And, and the problem is we want to keep people safe. We want to reduce gun violence. And whether you are a you know a gun clutching person on the right, or you're a you know person on the left wanting to take everybody's guns away, it, it, you still want the same outcome. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you know, some of the people that we've involved who are gun enthusiasts, they want their children safe just as much as I do. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think there's really anybody fighting against that. Yeah. Against mm-hmm. you know keeping. People against say. the results, it's, right? Yeah, it's they're they're fighting against some of the things the they methods. perceive. How? Right. Yes, the method. Yeah, that's um, a very good distinction, though. because that's when we start writing off people, yeah. right? We've got to talk about what are methods we can agree to. Yeah, because yeah. we all have the same goal. Yeah, and you see, you know, it it's easy to you know go to your your memes. You know, mm-hmm. your memes say things like you love your AR fifteen you know, more than you love my kid or whatever. And that's not necessarily true, right? Yeah. It's a it's a complicated issue, you know. Um, like this, you know, this guy that is in, in our group who's a gun enthusiast. Uh, I believe passionately that he cares about all of our kids and that he wants a good guy. real solutions to this problem and and not that he's prioritizing clinging to his guns Mm -hmm. and i I think we've got to we've got to look deeper than the media yeah but when we talk about agreeing most of us think that it's hard to fight or understand what will motivate somebody to walk into a classroom of nine-year-olds and do what they do and our first reaction is to say well let's just take the tool that he uses to achieve what he achieves, mm-hmm. you know, like if he walks in with a with a knife or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder, right, to, to for him to do what what he did. Um, but that agreement on on that hypothesis or on that low hanging fruit, as we most as, as I would say, most of us here or at least in this room, um, is is not something that everybody is in agreement with, and, and I don't know where. That member of the group stands there, but 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 again, I I know a lot of people that that they say no, that's not the solution. So. I think, yeah, I think, just like with the conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, what we know, what the research tells us is, the more perspectives involved in solving a problem, the better the solution, right? So right now, even in that conversation, that example you just gave, it's like take it away or don't. But in reality, there's lots of steps in between that on mm-hmm. how we could prevent that person in that moment from getting their hands on such a weapon, right? There are age limits, there are licensing, there, there are safety courses, there are, right? 
So there's limiting the amount of ammunition, not just the, the weapon itself, right? So there's lots of options between take them all away mm-hmm. and don't do anything. And that's where so we've we got to get past. Right. right, exactly. Even though we're Texans, <laughs> we don't have to come and take it, right? We can, we can find the middle ground of steps that can help prevent a moment of personal crisis becoming a mass tragedy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on there. There's social actions we can take. There are safety and gun-based things we can do um, that can prevent you know, a personal crisis from becoming that kind of tragedy. Um, so that goes back to what Pete's saying around like the meme. We, we can't only talk in two options. There's a there's hundreds of them, and there's probably some we haven't even thought of because we haven't sat down to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still curious how those personal crises get to what they get. Um, something that we're not going to solve here. Well, and, and a lot of us may never know because we've never had that mm-hmm. kind of a crisis. But in other countries, I'm sure they have. Sure, sure. And, that's, and it doesn't get to that. But right. Well, they a lot of other countries have taken the route of addressing access to the tool. Right. And some have also taken the route of, at the same time, addressing mental health issues, right? So I think the point is more and conversations, not or conversations is part of it. Um, on my to read list is the Violence Project um, book, which has studied mass shootings in particular and what might be causes and possible solutions. So. If you're interested, there's one way where we could learn a little bit more about how we get to that point. I think it's a very hard thing to imagine if we haven't experienced those types of issues. But um, there's luckily starting to be some research that could help us figure out what those solutions look like. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, I think we're coming to time. Um, I know you guys are super busy, so thank you. Thank you so much for making the time last minute because this was organized super fast. Um, it's an important issue. It's an, it's an issue that we, we know at Lerma, we're trying to take action. We're trying to, to do stuff around it. I've heard marginalized is a big topic, right? That's a common ground. I've heard fragmentation of messages, right? Uh, and then just aligning on solution as, as some of the takeaways that I heard today. I would love if you make yourself available to listeners if they want to join the project that sure. you're doing for them to reach out. Yes, please. Um, and yeah, just if you have any closing remarks, feel free to. Uh, what I would say is, um, and just, just this week, we decided to take the original Stop Gun Violence website and modify it because, you know, originally it was um, the kind of I guess creative platform was the, the backdrop of the Las Vegas shooting. And uh, and when Uvalde happened, we you know, very quickly tried to update it so that people could use the website to contact their elected officials very easily. And um, and this week we, we did it again. And I I hate that I had to think about this in a way that was, how can we make that website evergreen? Mm-hmm. The idea that that we, we need have, it right that it has to be <laughs> yes. evergreen and it should always be available um, because this stuff is happening is, is awful, but nonetheless it's still a way for people to take action. And so I would encourage anybody that's listening um, not only to go to that website, 
put in all you, all you have to do is put in your uh, your home address. It will pull up who your elected officials are. Not even your zip code. You can yeah. you can either copy the generic message that we've created that is um, a list of very centric, uh, politically centric ideas that uh, that you could suggest to your elected official. Um, and you can you don't even have to send multiple messages. You can you, you can say I want to send a message to all three, you know, two of my senators and one of my uh, representatives, and hit send, and it's done. Um, and I would encourage you if you if you end up going there, share it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not. And we'll add the link to that. Yeah, and, that and this is not about uh, our agency. Um, I, I, in fact, I hope we don't even have a. Or name on it. Well, in it's fact, just, the point of this is this should be an industry right. initiative, yeah. not 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 an agency. And, and, and beyond the industry, like the human everybody initiative. needs to yeah. be letting their voice be heard. And we tried to create the simplest way for that to happen. So um, please, thank you. Yeah. I, I the only thing my research nerd self feels like I need to add that one of our filters for the policies we have in that letter. Is, is that they're based in research around what can actually be effective in reducing gun violence and increasing our safety. So we've tried not only to look at it from a middle ground perspective, but also an effectiveness perspective, um, which is something I'm really proud of. Um, and Well, I, and hopefully we can align to that then, yeah. right? That's a start, yeah, right? exactly. And then I think just reiterating what Pete said, most of the, the divisiveness we feel around this and the lack of progress is because we feel unheard and are not listening, right? And we can solve both of those things. We can make ourselves heard and we can listen. And that to me is the way forward. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pedro. Thank you, Sara. Much love to you guys. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you for doing this and giving us a chance to talk about no, it. No, very Thank you. We should use this platform for that and, and challenging ourselves as, as ad agencies, uh, not praise ourselves because there's enough of that in this business, but challenge ourselves on how can we do things better. Um, so thank you. This has been loud and clear again on a difficult week. Um, we will add the links of the website. And if you have any ideas, please uh, share, share your ideas, comment. Um, uh, we'll also add the links to where you can find Sara and Pedro. And until next time, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us in any podcast platform. <laughs>